0: Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, welcome to this first night show. I'm going to hunt down
2: under the weather right now. It's, it's uh, Frank, We say about the Tampa Bay Rays? One win-a-win from the championship in the American League. Who would have thought that this year? You know,
3: 90
2: okay. wins the cup. That's just unreal.
0: Yeah,
3: that's a, it's, a, it's a very good time to be, uh, living in in beautiful, uh, sunny, uh, Southwest Florida. And I'm sure that's Roy's right. got a lot to say about that, um, we want to uh, first, before we go out, we want to it, dedicate tonight's show to Mike Simsek. Uh, he's out, uh, and his father-in-law, Mike. Uh, it's uh, Mike's uh, birthday, and uh, they're out uh, celebrating. So we wanted to uh, okay. let him know that uh, we're thinking about him and having, a good, uh, and having a good thought for he and his father-in-law. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. And awesome. Also, wonderful.
3: We also want to uh, uh, congratulate uh, our roving uh, reporter. Um Mr Henderson, who happens to be um uh, it out at the greenbrier uh, this evening uh, so right. he won't uh i'm sure he has his tent his pup tent somewhere on the fifth green or something like that but, yeah right, uh,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> right how, how you doing tonight uh, <laughs>
3: i'm doing I'm good. doing good
1: guys uh, good. As Tommy said uh, i mean uh Look, we're still we're still riding a high uh, off the lightning here in Tampa Bay, uh, winning winning a Stanley Cup, and now uh, the Rays, one uh, one victory away from going to the World Series, and um, so I mean it doesn't it doesn't get much better for sports fans uh, than that. Um, you know, Bucks are playing well uh, for the most part. Uh, it's it it is a uh, a unique. Uh, uniquely exciting uh, time for uh, Tampa Bay sports fans. Uh, a lot of people have been uh, following these teams for a long time and uh, seen a lot of suffering. But um, the Rays are the Rays are proving that you don't have to spend 220 million dollars uh, to field a championship-caliber team in uh, Major League Baseball. And to me, that's that's the most interesting thing about their their run here uh, nobody nobody should be surprised by it um i mean the rays were picked by a lot of people to be uh, one of the better teams in the american league this year you never knew what was going to happen with the 60 uh, game season but they uh
4: you know they turned out to be
1: just as strong in in a short season as they would uh, were expected to be in a long one They get into the playoffs and uh they're finding ways to beat uh, teams that uh have really gotten a you know, figured out how to win in this league consistently. So, uh, and when it matters in Houston. So it's a, it's a incredibly exciting time here in Tampa Bay. And, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, in, in Philadelphia, it's, it just, situation just gets harder and worse and worse there. I believe. Right?
3: Yeah. 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 We're going to have Billy sure. Warnicky join us. or Warnett, Mordell Warn- Warn- uh, from the Eagles join us, uh, at the eight o'clock, uh, uh, hour. But, uh, you know, the, uh, I think two of the, the things that stand out in my mind about this run, well, three. One, I think that uh, I love Joe Maddon, but Kevin Cash has got to be the, the chief mastermind of the league at this point in time, bringing, bringing this team together and, uh, Absolutely. and especially having uh, – I'm going to get a new shirt, uh, the stable of uh, pitchers that he has. Have uh, you seen that where uh, one of the local artists is uh, – Put a thing of about five horses together, and uh, have his uh, saying there. But the other one was C.C. Uh, Sebastian. Uh, when they asked him about it, he said, "Expletive! Expletive! How could we lose to the expletive the Rays?" So uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Well, you lose to the
1: Rays because they have they know how to play good baseball. They play the two aspects of the game. That are probably most important: pitching and defense. Um, you can't win baseball without scoring runs, but you know what? If you can keep the other team from scoring, you don't always have to score that much. And that's kind of been the Rays' philosophy. Uh, they've had to work that way. They, they are, um, you know, they're a little bit handicapped in terms of finances. Uh, they can't go out and spend the way the Yankees can, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers. Uh, you know, they're they're one. They're probably you know, one of the five, six teams in the league that struggle the most in terms of, uh, you know, producing a, a a payroll. And yet they have figured out how to work with a small payroll. I don't I – got to be honest, guys. I don't know why more teams aren't trying to follow the pattern. Watching Rays baseball, to me, is just as exciting as watching the Dodgers hit six home runs – and have uh, 23 hits uh, in three innings in a 15 uh lead. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to get excited watching baseball. I'm as excited watching great defensive plays and great pitching and hitting and running and, and base stealing as I am watching the ball fly out of the ballpark. And if it's cheaper to do it that way, it's a little bit harder to do it that way. So, um, you know, uh, so at the end of the day, uh you know, Earl Weaver loved that three-run homer. We all do, but if you don't have the the power bats to do that on a regular basis, you got to figure out a different way. And the Rays have. Roy,
5: I totally agree with you. I would rather watch that type of baseball that I see with the Rays than what I see with the uh, Dodgers. And the Braves are a lot like the uh, Rays too, but they do hit home runs. But you know, it just goes to show you. How good the Rays organization is from top to bottom, and how they're being rated now by a lot of other teams because they see how good the uh, administration is uh, as far as the baseball end of the business.
1: You know what they got a team full of guys. They got a team full of ball players. I think I said this last week. I, I know I said it on uh, on some show that I was on somewhere, but I'm pretty sure it was. That. They just they just got a bunch of ball players. You right. know, you, you look at a guy like Joey Wendell, uh, Brandon Lau, uh, d Man Choi, uh, Kevin Kiermaier. They just got they got ball players, and 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 guys who who you know they may not be exceptional at any one thing, but they're very good at a lot of things. You know, they're very good at at uh, at running the bases. They're all very good at, at at hitting. You know, the other way. They're very good at. Uh, they, they do a lot. They they do all the little things extremely well, and when you add all that up, it, they're a hard team to beat. And when you add pitching to it, and and let's face it, the starting you know, pitching in this series so far right has it. been a little bit spotty. Uh, but uh, the bullpen has been exceptional. And when you can throw arms up, it doesn't matter if you don't know who the guys are. Uh, you know, you don't have to have Dennis Eckersley out there or Lee Smith. Um, if you 're throwing guys if you've got guys going out there throwing strikes that 's kind of all you need
5: well that's true uh, there's no doubt about it and
1: uh, but you're right, Roy. I
5: just love the way they play the game and and i I hope that uh, other teams will uh, follow suit and get away from the analytics so much and ha- you know and have a, a balance okay between uh the old and uh, and the new. Uh, but the, uh, it's just a pleasure to watch them, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Dodgers now, in my opinion, uh, come back. I mean, listen, we've all seen games that get off to a 11-run a first, not a, maybe a first inning, but an 11-run inning because the Phillies uh, had a game like that this year, and they came back and almost won it. So, I mean, that can happen. But the other thing is maybe you get it out of this out of your system too. Uh, you know, having a game like that. But uh, you know, I I love the race. I'll tell you I'm with you and, and uh Tommy and, and Frank and, and Don. I it, they are a pleasure to watch, a fun team to watch.
1: They certainly have Yeah, the
5: oh, yeah, they they do. Yeah. They do. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah, it's you know what's players. interesting guys is it's, it's 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 kinda like it's 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 old fashioned baseball, you know yeah uh, you know there's a there's a, there's a uh a phrase in obviously the in the movie uh slap shot tommy you know we know uh old fashioned hockey right eddie Shore go out and you know hit him and uh, you know beat him up in the alley right well right. old fashioned baseball was uh you know hitting and running stealing bases playing defense leaning on pitchers uh you know hoping to get uh, good good long outings out of your pitchers and uh it wasn't always about hitting big home runs and uh you know, baseball's kind of gotten you know to some people, even purists. You know, like myself, people who love the game and can't get enough of it. Uh, it sometimes gets a little bit boring watching guys hit the ball out of the ballpark all the time. You know, it's. Uh, right. I know Major League Baseball is you know let let the ball get juiced so that they can have a little bit more of that, but you know it's it's automatic excitement. But you know you can matter manufacture excitement because Roger, I think that's what, exactly what you're talking about is. There's just a, there's so many ways to score runs in baseball and uh, you know we're seeing real baseball get played by the Rays now and uh, and also by the Braves I think they're very similar really and, and you, as you said and uh, um, and the Astros are kind of that way too I mean the Astros aren't gonna they're not gonna bludgeon you to death um, they're just gonna hit they're just, they're gonna single double and triple you to death and uh, that's kind of what the Rays do. You know, one of the
5: things, uh, Roy, I saw an in interview uh, because uh, Aaron uh, Boone has uh, signed, I think, an extension uh, uh, to, to his contract to manage the Managed Yankees, and he made some good points about that. Hey, listen, uh, yeah, they wish they, and they expected to uh, be in the World Series, but they lost to a team that's up three games to none now and is probably going to be in the World Series and is just a really outstanding team. So I I think uh, him giving accolades to the Rays also uh, sends a message.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And, again, you know, I I kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier in my initial comments, I think. Look, baseball, much like football, hockey, everything else, um, I mean, you were seeing, seeing in hockey right now, the team that wins the championship becomes kind of the standard. It's like, okay, so that's how we win now, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and and it's a copycat league. Across the NHL right now, you're seeing teams that thought they were there, thought that they were you know, on the cusp of being contenders for the Stanley Cup. Teams like Toronto, Montreal, um, Vegas was already doing it, uh, but Carolina, Columbus – you're seeing that because Tampa Bay won, the key to Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup this year, and Tommy will tell you this, was the fact that they went out and got some grinders. You know, they got mm-hmm. Coleman and they got and, and Zach Bogosian and they got Patrick Maroon. They went out and got guys who can, you know, who can play a little bit tough. you got to be hard to play against. Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs have figured it out. The, the Canadians have figured it out. Florida's figuring it out. And I think in baseball, I just wonder if, if the Rays can win the World Series, uh, and this to me is, a, is a you know, for, for baseball purists, this might be a little bit of reason to, to root for them a little bit. If the Rays can win the World Series, you know, without superstars, with good pitching, good defense, and not a whole lot of power, do you see teams like the Yankees start to change it up? Do you see the Dodgers that are over the, uh, the, the, the luxury cap, uh, change it up to the Cubs, who you know don't want to spend 220 million dollars on players. Let Kyle Schwarber and uh, and Chris Bryant go and say, okay, you know what? We need more guys who can just who can feel the ball. I can play him in three different positions, and he's going to hit 270 for me. Uh, you know, with, with 18 homers instead of you know 2 260 with 30 homers. Are we going to go for that because it's cheaper? And I'll tell you what. Here's the reason why it may happen, guys. We still don't know what the landscape's going to look like come spring. Certainly That's with the NHL right. come, uh, come December or January, you know, are fans going to be allowed in. Are we going to be in a bubble again? Uh, if if money's not rolling in the way it, it they're used to, all teams are going to have to cut back on finances, and the cost of players is going to go down. And you're going to have to start. You're going to need more guys uh, who, who 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 can play, uh, you know, an all-around game. And do it for less.
5: No, you're exactly right. And go ahead, DeFrank. I'm sorry. No, it's
3: okay. Go ahead. I, I, can, I can wait.
5: No, I was just going to say that uh, the uh, Roy's exactly right. And the uh, perfect example uh, is is the Rays from the sense that they have a tremendous bullpen. And if you look at how bad the Phillies' bullpen was, that cost them getting into the playoffs in the 60 game season. And I, they just have it all together and you have to have a good foundation in the minor leagues and uh, in scouting and everything else. And unfortunately a lot of teams have gotten away from uh, the old time scouts that are out there, you know, on the, on the uh, dirt roads and everything else in the country uh, looking for uh, prospects. And I think that that's one of the reasons that the Rays are as good as they are, uh, because uh, they they really do a great job uh, from uh, 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 hiring good scouts and, and
3: personnel.
1: Yeah, you're right, uh, Roger. And uh, you know, baseball more than any other sport. Football is not there uh, at all. Basketball has is not there by any stretch. And I don't think hockey is there either. Um, all, the, all the Lightning did was just reaffirm the belief that you, you just can't be an, an up-and-down skating team uh, that, that, that doesn't have grit and, and toughness uh, to, win the, to win the Stanley Cup. And now teams that thought you could get away uh, without that grit uh, are, are realizing that that's what you've got to have. Um, but baseball, unlike the other three sports, I think is at a, uh, some kind of a, a bit of a crossroads here in where does it go next? Um, and it's partly because I don't think minor league baseball is going to be the same going forward. Teams I think right. have realized that uh, you know by having these these minor league camps or this this uh, you know this this group of players in one setting uh, where they can play in their own little bubble, uh, you may only need you know 35 or 40 of those guys. You don't need five different minor league baseball teams um, scouts. Uh, they want to cut back on scouts. well one way to do that is you know, not have them all over the country and have them in uh, two spots as opposed to six or eight um, so that's happening and again uh, when you go back to the finances of it, it's so to me I the thing I've always kind of wondered about you, you mentioned the Phillies you know when you when your game plan is to have your starter go five innings and maybe six you know if they can get seven out of them that's you know that's gravy but right. when your game plan is to go five six innings with a starter and then bring in, you know, uh, a set you know, a sixth inning guy, a seventh inning guy, a setup guy and then your closer. You're asking five pitchers in one day to be on in order to win. Or you're right. asking for your for your bats to to be on. And to me, it's I just I, I, I don't quite get it. I mean, if you have to go that way, okay, that's, you know, that's baseball. Not everybody's got it. I mean, look at the Braves tonight. They I, I don't know that they could bring out Warren Spahn and get anybody out tonight right. the way the Dodgers are hitting. But, but my point is, I, I wonder if at this crossroads, if baseball in terms of how it handles its bullpen and its pitching staff starts to ask for a little bit more out of starters, gets you know I need I need at least six or at least seven innings out of you because I can't keep you know throwing four and five relievers out there every night and taking and rolling the dice that. My my third guy is going to be as effective as my second, and my fourth guy is going to be as effective as my second, and my fifth guy is going to be effective at all. Um, It's just asking a lot out of guys. So um, it's hard to know. We'll see. uh, The next uh, two, three years uh, in baseball are going to be very interesting to see how the game changes uh, from where it is right now. Uh, We may not, you know, it may not change at all, but we may be on the cusp of seeing a a dramatic uh, shift in how the game is played, uh, just as we've seen over the course of the past, uh, you know, decade.
3: Yeah, it's funny you talked about that, uh, Roy. Uh, this morning, I had a uh, long talk with uh, Ken Quarles, who's the uh, director of uh, the uh, farm teams for uh, the Orioles. Um, he's here in town, and he's going to be on with us in two weeks. Um, and uh, we talked about the pitchers because he's got the instructional league down here. He's got 98. 98- Young kids uh, trying to make the team, and uh, they're they're um, they're ready to go. And so uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting the clearance from uh, the Orioles, which uh, he assures me it's going to happen. So we'll be he'll be on before the end of the month, and uh, great, um, we'll we'll be able to answer all those questions. Um,
1: yeah, I'd love to hear uh, you know someone who's who's on the inside uh, talk about. You know where we are with the game now, and how uh, how things could change as a result of uh, you know how the coronavirus has forced changes, and how finances will force changes, and and everything else. Like I said, I just think more than any other sport, we are at a uh, we're at a crossroads here, and this game could change dramatically. Uh, there could be a seismic shift here in how the game is played. I mean, we've gotten to the point where it's a power game, power pitching, power hitting. Uh, you want everybody, everyone, everybody wants a pitcher that can throw 98 uh, or higher. Um, they don't really seem to care if he can throw it over the plate or not. Uh, everybody Great. wants hitters who can uh, who can hit it out of the park. They don't really care if they hit 280 or not. Um, mm-hmm. That may change, and uh, yeah. I for one would like to see it. Um, I, I as, as Roger said before, and I'm with him 100. percent I, I kind of miss that game of baseball. It's why the Rays are so much fun to watch.
3: Yeah, I know, Roger. Roger's probably waiting at the bit before we let you go. That uh, to talk about uh, Thomas Demetrios and um, his uh, associates being uh, uh, given the door.
5: Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good. Go ahead, Roger. Good point, Frank. Yeah, it's a good point, Frank. And uh, we're going to have IJ Rosenberg on um, uh, later uh, in the show, uh, who does score Atlanta and uh, just does a, a great job to give us a lot of insight. But, you know, I'll tell you, Roy, I think it was long overdue. And, uh, and you know, listening to Atlanta uh, sports talk, uh, you know, it just had to happen. I mean, you just cannot continue uh, this roll down when you get a lead and uh, you have a good lead and, and you lose the game. And like you've said uh, several times, we all had, but you, you really hit the nail on the head. It all started with that uh, Super Bowl a few years ago.
4: Yeah,
1: it's really amazing how that one game just kind of was replicated time and again uh, in Atlanta. And they, they never – obviously they never really overcame that loss, um, and that's understandable. But to allow the same thing, in essence, to happen uh, consistently over the course of the next two and a half years is is just – it's just one of the strangest things you've ever seen. Um, you know, and it's not that hard in the NFL to hold on to a lead. Uh, you right. kind of, you know, you, you run the ball uh, on offense, you, you chew up clock, and when they, when you got the offense, they got. Uh, it's easy to run the ball, easy to you know move it through the air a little bit if you're throwing short passes. And you, you just put your defense out there and uh, and let them do the work. Of course, you don't build a good defense, you're going to have trouble, and that was a big part of it. But um, still, at the end of the day, it, it was just very strange how that team was never able to overcome that, uh, that loss to the Patriots and giving up that big lead. And it just became kind of their, uh, their legacy under Dan Quinn. Not surprised at all. Dan Quinn is gone. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov. Look, he, he built a good team. Uh, Injuries are a part of this. And, and, and that should not be taken away. Thomas Dimitrov built a good team. He'll find a job again soon. Um, and I think Dan Quinn will too, but you know what? I think what, and this has happened with an awful lot of, uh, head coaches, uh, Dan Quinn's just another one on the stockpile. Um, he, he's a coordinator. You know what? There, there are guys out there who can be head coaches and there are guys who can be coordinators. And unfortunately there aren't a whole lot of head coaches. There's a lot of coordinators. Dan Quinn is a coordinator and, uh um, right. you know, and, uh, and, and I, I, the, the one guy I'm happiest for in this whole thing is I'm happy for Rich McKay being back involved in the, uh, the football end of things. Um, I don't know how happy Rich is. I think he was pretty happy just, uh, you know, being uh, kind of in charge of the uh, administration end. And I'm happy for Raheem Morris getting another shot. I, 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 I'm pulling for Raheem. He didn't get much of a chance here in Tampa. Um, and things went south in a, in a hurry like they sometimes do with teams when you don't have a lot of talent, so uh, I'm anxious to see how Raheem does. Um, They're up against it. There's no doubt about it, but you know what? There is some talent there, and uh, I hope Raheem can bring the most out
5: of it. Well, it's going to be an interesting uh, situation to follow because when you bring in a new regime, who's to say that Matt Ryan's days with the Falcons aren't limited? You know, and and they may, uh, I mean, you know, let's face it, he's been around since uh, 08 was his first year. And uh, so uh, time marches on, but I don't blame uh, Matt. And and we had uh, Mike Conti on a couple of weeks ago. You know what the key is? You've been to the uh, to both stadiums, and uh, the they they had a a distinct advantage, a home field advantage in the Georgia Dome, which they have not had from day one in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I think that's really an interesting point.
1: Yeah, how I think you've changed. got a real good point there. Look, Matt Ryan was unbeatable, and that and, and is not an exaggeration. That is not hyperbole. Matt Ryan was unbeatable in the Georgia Dome. Going there and playing him, uh, you knew you, – you walked in, you felt like you were down 10 points to begin with uh, right. to start the game. I mean, that's how dominant he was. He, it, it was comfort. Obviously, the, the crowd noise was tough. Um that was a very tough building to play. I, you know, I honestly think it was a little bit tougher than, than New Orleans. But, um, uh, but, but Matt Ryan just had it going in there, and and it's, it just hasn't been the same uh, in the Mercedes Benz uh, or in, in the new building. It's just not the same. And uh, no. uh, you're right about Matt Ryan. You know, this may be the end for him because here's why, guys. Look, I don't know what you know what the landscape's going to look look like come uh, April <laughs> with uh, with the draft, but we do know that. There's a good chance Tyler Lawrence is going to be out there. All of a sudden, the the Falcons are in the sweepstakes for that man. And if you want to start over, um, you know you can drop a big contract, start over, start building around him. I mean, how much time does Julio Jones have left? I, you don't. Have, I don't That's think right. you have time to rebuild this team around Matt no. Matt Ryan and uh, and Julio Jones. You might be better off moving those pieces and starting over with a guy like Tyler Lawrence or whoever you think the best quarterback is in the draft and, uh, and see how that works out for you. It's, um, that, those, are the, those are the kind of discussions that are going to have, be happening in Atlanta going forward.
4: Well,
5: you're right, Roy. Well, listen, they, uh, just a final uh, comment, because that's exactly what happened in 08 when they uh, drafted uh, Matt in the first round. And then with yeah. Mike Smith coming in as the coach, everything, they had a lot of success. And then, you know, then they, they lost. Dan Quinn came in and they, they won, but then they lose. So, well, listen, you have a great week as always. Uh, Roy, thank you so much. I uh, wish Roy. Don was here, to, uh, but he's, uh, like Frank said, enjoying all that money at the Greenbrier. So. <laughs>
1: uh, guys, it's always a pleasure. Uh, it's an honor to be with you guys every week, and uh, thanks for letting me be a part of it. I really appreciate hey,
0: listen, it.
5: Thank Thank you for being with us. Well, we got Bill Warnsell, one of uh, Don's uh, biggest and closest friends. I I just don't know why he wasn't (laughs) invited to the Greenbrier. Billy, how are you?
4: Well,
6: uh, Roger (laughs) and gentlemen, uh, I'll tell you one thing. Don Henderson has had a big time, people. it's no longer Don Henderson. It's big time Don Henderson. (laughs) if, If he goes to the Greenbrier. He's unavailable
0: for comment. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Well, Bill,
5: uh, you know, you're around the Eagles, and uh, what do you think? I mean, uh, is this a disastrous year? Can they uh, come back? What do you think? Well,
6: they could obviously be in the hunt for the, the division because the division is just awful. The Redskins and Giants have trouble getting on the team bus. The Cowboys right. can't stop anybody. They lost their starting quarterback. And the Eagles have the lowest paid linebacking core in the NFL. So can they come back? They could probably get in the playoffs with a sub-500 record. And But this, this is a rebuild with this football team. you got to be looking at the big picture. Jason Peters, done. Deshaun yeah. Jackson, done. Brandon Brooks is coming off an Achilles. He's he's on the precipice of his career coming to a screeching halt. You got Jason Kelsey, a 32-year-old center, who doesn't have much left in the tank. You got a, a lame Lane Johnson right now with his ankle. So there's a lot of, and an unhappy Zach Ertz at tight end. This team has got to go into rebuilding mode completely. And, you know, They're fooling themselves that they think that they're viable Super Bowl contenders because they're a long way away. They have a a makeshift offensive line right now. It's time to find out if the young guys can play and go from there. And this falls right at the doorstep of Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman's been a general manager for a long time. He was in hiatus for that one year when Chip Kelly pushed him to the other side of the building but Howie Roseman's going to take uh, the blame for a lot of these problems that the Eagles now have. And I've always contended, Howie Roseman's a cap guy, all right? Simple yeah. as that. You can't have cap guys being involved in personnel decisions. You have to have your scouts and, to a certain extent, your coaches. You don't let your coaches get too involved with personnel decisions as far as the draft and free agency. That's why you have a pro director of uh, pro scouting and a college director of college scouting. That's why the Andy Reid situation, Bill Belichick, they hired a general manager. They tell him the priorities they've got to get in the offseason and go from there. But Bill Belichick and Andy Reid have total control over the roster. Doug Peterson does not have total control over the roster. And the other guy that has to go is Jim Schwartz. I've seen oh, enough yeah. of Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator. I don't like his defense. They make a lot of bonehead mistakes. If they're not putting heat on the quarterback, they have subpar linebacking and a questionable secondary. So, uh, again, they've spent a lot of money on that defensive line. Uh, this year, hard rave. The year before, Malik Jackson. uh First round pick with Derek Barnett. They extended Brandon Graham, who is basically on his last leg as a defensive end. So there's a lot of questions to be posed to Howie Roseman going forward. And I don't think Howie Roseman's the right man to lead him back to the promised land.
5: No, I'm <laughs> with you, Bill. I, Frank, I, I think you probably are too.
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I think. Uh... I mean,. I, I think Jim was was uh, was had outlived his uh, usefulness two years ago, and I don't know how they kept. Uh, it might be because of what you're saying about Roseman that Schwartz is still there. I mean, he just uh, he he just does not have it anymore. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a I, shame. I, I, you... Okay. I mean, go you me.
6: go back to the Super Bowl, Frank. They gave mm-hmm. up 500 yards in total offense. Yep. And that last play of the game could have changed it from a Super Bowl victory to a Super Bowl loss. And and I just look at that. This this defense is very, very suspect at best. And in order to win in this league, you have to have a a good defense. You can have all the offense in in the world, but you need a good, solid defense. And there's a lot of holes on this defense. There's a guy named Wade Phillips is out there. I would certainly pick up the phone. And see if Wade would be interested in coming to Philadelphia and bringing his three four defense here
5: mm-hmm. yep. well that's a great point point. and uh the other thing I don't understand about Schwartz I don't know whether it's because he's just uh you know just so high on himself, but the uh he doesn't have any uh play card there if you know i I've never seen him holding a play card. It's yeah. like he's got everything upstairs, you know, in in his uh, head, and um, that you know he is outsmarts everybody. Well, he doesn't outsmart everybody, okay? I mean, we're we're seeing that game in and game out. And
0: uh, well, the, what, it, it,
5: the proof is in the
6: pudding, Roger. The other day, in a crucial situation, having a linebacker on Chase Claypool, he ran right, right by the linebacker, right by the safety, and just broke the game wide open. That's inexcusable. That should never happen. Never happen. That wasn't a rookie linebacker, and that wasn't a rookie safety. That should have never happened with the Eagles in that situation. And and it falls on the doorstep of Jim Schwartz. He has to put these guys in the position to win. And I don't think he's doing that. And I certainly think as a, if I was owning this football team, I'd have to look long and hard at Jim Schwartz and say, hey, He's not the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land. Well,
1: I,
5: I, you know, I agree. And, I, you know, a look at Andy made, uh, in his tenure uh, with Kansas City. Uh, he's made some big changes. I think Bob Sutton, wasn't he the uh, d- defensive coordinator for a while?
0: Yep. And Spags
5: yep. is there now. But you've got to uh, 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 make moves, even though they may be your closest friend. You know, you never hire someone you can't fire. That's the way I look at right.
6: it. Well, right. Well exactly. And
5: and the other problem,
6: Frank and Roger, is Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a shell yeah. of himself. And I've been beating yeah. the drum this off season before the season began. I said it's time to trade Zach Ertz. And I met with a lot of resistance from a lot of people. I had a feeling this would happen. And now he's disgruntled with his contract. They should have traded him in the off season. Try to trade him sure. when the iron's hot. Because when right. the iron gets cold, you get nothing in return. Right.
5: It's always better to do it a year early than a year late. Remember,
6: the old line from Paul Brown. They'll be tolerated until they can be replaced.
5: Right. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. The, well, you know, the other thing is, uh, is, God, is Goddard expected to be back in, in a couple of weeks?
6: Yeah, you know, he has that fracture in the ankle, and, you know, hopefully it's healing properly. Goddard is a better tight end than Zach Ertz all around. Better blocker. Right. Uh, maybe not the pass catcher that Ertz is, but I, I think he's a better all around tight end. And they could address well, that situation in free agency, trade, or the draft. I mean, it's not hard to fill a position like tight end because a lot of tight ends are flexed tight ends, which are flexed out about three or four yards, and you can get a big wide receiver to fill that position. They signed a guy named Hakeem Butler, who was an outstanding wide receiver in college, and they're going to convert him to tight end.
5: Yeah, I'm looking at the CBS coverage of the American League Championship Series. And who's on there? Nobody nobody else, but J-Roll, okay, you know, continuing in his uh, broadcast career now. You know, I'll tell you, uh, Bill, one of the things I got a kick out of was Merle uh, calling the uh, NFC East the NFC Least. I I
0: think he hit the nail on the head with that. (laughs) And,
6: and, you know, you, you look at the Tampa Bay Rays. They're three up on the Astros, Right. Mm-hmm. And you look right. at the, some of the guys they have there. And you could go to the man on the street and ask him about three players on the Rays, and they look would look at you like you had nine heads. And one right. guy we're very proud of is Joey Wendell, the all-purpose uh, infielder-outfielder who's from Westchester, and he's from Chester County. And he's a good, solid player. And he got the rally going uh, last night against the Astros. And uh, you you look at that team. When we look at the Philadelphia Phillies, I think the Phillies may be the worst team in the division right now. Especially I agree. If they lose Gregorius and Riamuto. They they have a a center field situation that's very unsettling. How much time does McCutcheon have left? When will Reese Hoskins be back? Is Alex Bone better suited to be a, a first baseman rather than a third baseman? And all that money they spent on Harper, they could have spent – look, the Angels spent a lot of money on Mike Trout. How many World Series have they won with Mike Trout? That's right. All right? You yeah. can't put your eggs in one basket. And Scott Boris played John Middleton like a bass <laughs> fiddle at the concert. <laughs> right? right? He
0: he's, yeah. he's
6: done it with Kevin Brown, with the Dodgers. He did it with the Texas Rangers, with Arod. And now he found the Phillies right there for Bryce Harper. The Dodgers offered five years, two hundred million. Take it or leave it, and he left it.
5: Yeah. Well, the thing that got me is that they uh, uh, replaced uh, Matt Clintack, but they just moved him into a different position. Wait a minute. You got to make the break, okay? If you're if you're going to go and, and uh, go in a different direction, okay, let's clean house and and move forward. Let's not just... Is, uh, is there a direction track. there? Is there a direction I don't think there, there is. No, there
6: isn't. I mean, John, let John Middleton take over the operation. All right? Yeah, there Last you go. Last year, Clentac yeah. didn't want to fire Chapler. Uh, and Middleton said, absolutely, we're firing him. Clentac wasn't on board with that. That was right. the time you say, Matt, you and Gabe are joined at the hit. See you later. Right. Right, that's it. Right.
5: That's exactly right.
6: What, and, the, you know, uh, I don't want to hear. I don't want to constantly hear about the sal- luxury tax. If you right. want to win, you got to spend money. And if you're not spending money, you're not doing your fans a service. All right. And this whole th- right. thing with JT Real Muto, they got him two years ago in a trade. As soon as they made that deal, they could have got him for a lot cheaper price. But they dragged their feet, dragged their feet. Now the price of poker is going way up.
5: And their number one prospect looks like he's going to be a superstar for the Marlins, Sixto those, six those, uh, Sanchez. Uh, yeah, look, look at that division,
6: Atlanta, Miami, the Nationals, the Mets. Where do the Phillies fall in the equation? Fortunately, uh, the, the Braves <laughs> they are so far ahead, ahead of pitchers, them. Two right. starting pitchers. They had to reconfigure the bullpen. They had to find out who's a the shortstop. They gave Kingry a boatload of money. He's all fouled up as far as a hitter's concerned. Hit 159 right. this year. I know he had the COVID 19, but come on, there are so many questions with this team going forward. It's unimaginable.
5: Well, well, I think, and it goes back to Cabbler uh, and Clintock uh, because if you look at the way Reese Hoskins was so screwed up last year, and then he finally uh, got straightened out after the season started this year, and of course they had that freak accident when uh, you know his uh, wrist, uh, left wrist, got caught, uh, you know, uh, at first base, and he had to have surgery, but they say he'll be back. But I just think uh, uh, Kappler screwed so many guys up as far as their approach to hitting. Uh, uh, Do you agree agree with that? I mean, in other things with Kappler, Baseball is almost an unwatchable
6: sport now. Yeah. Strikeout. You're right. Walk. Home run. No hit and run. No stolen bases. No squeeze bunt. All these little geeks up in their analytics department. And the Tampa Bay Rays are proving you can steal bases. You can hit and run. You can still use analytics. But these uh, people up in these offices that are dictating what you should do in a game is ridiculous. These launch angles, velocity off the bat, I don't care about that. You hit the ball and run. That's the key thing. And the other thing that drives me nuts, how many times in the last number of years have we watched a guy think the ball's out of the ballpark and he ends up on second base or he could be on third base?
4: Right, that's Very right. Simple as yeah. that.
6: They watch yeah. the ball. What? What? Were the they, they stargazing?
5: What is it? No, you're right. You're right. Well, Bill, it's always a pleasure. We appreciate the the time. We only wish that Mister Henderson
6: uh, was no, here. Call so, him big uh, time Donald. It's big time
5: Donald. <laughs> he's going to call me tonight Donald. after the show. Uh, that's the new name I'm going to tell him from that's Bill Wendell. Right. Big time' time, you a good big show. Time.
0: Yeah. He, he, right. he, he
6: always big times people. You know that. I called the other I know day. He can't does. talk. I'm at the Greenbrier. I
0: yeah. said, so, right. right. <laughs> talk? I'm at the Greenbrier. <laughs> right. Coming <laughs> out to dinner like,
6: with last night. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Is the Greenbrier a monastery or what is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, want we'll to ask him
5: that too, Bill. <laughs> right.
6: All right. Talk to you guys Listen, Have us. a great week right. Bill.
5: Thanks, Thanks. Bill Take care Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, it's A real pleasure to have A gentleman that lives right nearby uh, Me in Pennsylvania And suburban Philadelphia uh, Chris Rubert And uh, uh, Chris uh, it, It's a pleasure to finally have you with us I thought we were going to ha- have you That was my fault But I didn't expect to have some health issues uh, Back in the summer Which changed a lot of things but, it's hey, listen, it's a real pleasure to have you with us. And uh, you have a great hockey publication that I've mentioned uh, here on the show several times. And uh, tell us a little bit about how that evolved and, 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 and what,
2: or how it started and how it's evolved. Well, guys, it's a pleasure to be on. And um, it's, we started way back in uh, 2000. Um, my older brother started the magazine. He, in the 90s, had uh, done started at WRDB Radio here locally. Uh, then he was with a little magazine called Breakaway, and Breakaway had unfortunately had an incident their owner had passed. Uh, and he started Sunrise Hockey Magazine uh, with a friend, uh, Mike Del Tufo, in 2000. They, believe it or not, were out at the Pittsburgh Penguin Five overtime game. And they decided that? that, you know, Breakaway wasn't doing it, and Mike and Fran had decided they were going to start their own magazine and keep this thing going. And Mike had gone to Carnegie and said, Hey, I'm staying with friends. Where are you staying? And Fran looked at Mike and said, I'm driving home. And this is after five overtimes. And, guys, he did it. So they saw each other at a game a couple nights later, and he goes, Hey, uh, where would you stay? And I drove home. Not the smartest thing I ever did. <laughs> yeah about a five hour um, ride right yeah about a five hour ride after what a five six hour game (laughs)
5: yeah that's dedication to hockey that is but um
2: yeah they they cover they started covering you know anywhere from and i still do it today from the might all the way on up to the pros you know we do the echl the ahl of course the flyers here locally uh i've been very fortunate uh as i took over after unfortunate us friend in 2012 to lymphoma oh,
4: and um sure. mike decided oh.
2: to leave and um so i i kind of run the magazine my wife has been to probably every rink in the area with me delivering and uh pro- things and like i said i i cover them all i played hockey for 40 years uh i like you have had a few surgeries uh hip surgery uh and uh just recently had a re-replacement uh that's 40 years of playing goalie you know i was a wannabe <laughs> <laughs> that'll do and, it um, that'll do it it's just exciting so now i rest in my spare time i work up. and rest and not, not a, well, not a I, lot of extra time <laughs> yeah right you don't
5: hurt. but well you know uh we've had Ray Dinger on a number of times and uh Rays younger than me, but we go back to the days of the Philadelphia Ramblers and Ivan Wamsley and uh, there you
0: go.
5: at the arena and and I'll tell you it was funny Ray, Ray and I were talking about this um, we, we remember that uh, Ivan wamsley's picture was on the program and of course the program cost you like a nickel or fifteen cents in those days and uh the uh, because Ivan wamsley was the face of the franchise and You know, as you probably know, uh, there was a lot of skepticism. I know Frank knows for sure, because we're like close into the age, that they didn't know whether the Flyers would ever fly
0: in Philadelphia, a
5: a hockey team, because, you know, the Ramblers. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, it's a great publication. And of course, the pandemic has changed everything. But uh, I wanted to find out exactly how do you subscribe to this, because I think hockey fans and we have a lot of hockey fans and of course frank's down there and in the, in the sarasota tampa area and the lightning you know w- winning the championship i mean it's uh it's hockey uh, haven down there how do people subscribe to the uh, publication
2: well we're on the web we have facebook twitter just you know all those things instagram all those things we put out there on the web uh, our publication locally is is free in every rink, but people that want to subscribe, they just send our ice Philly at Gmail. And now, of course, with all the rinks being closed, we haven't published here for a little while. Uh,
4: right,
2: We're hoping to get back in the swing of things as soon as we find out what's going on. Uh, I'm starting to go out to rinks again as they're loosening up. I, I, I refereed a double last weekend, uh, a couple of – uh, a U-10 and a mic game. Mites are very entertaining, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. If When mm-hmm. you're coming out of a face-all circle in a mic game, you turn around and you don't move fast because you could fall over somebody. Uh, That's right. it just, <laughs> I just love that. I, I, I keep telling my wife I'm a pro because they're paying me to skate. She hasn't yeah. bought into that yet, but we'll see.
0: Right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I worked with uh, Jeremy Roenick's father for a number of years, and I can remember, uh, and I've told this story before. This goes back to, like, 83, 84. He called me up. Of course, this is before cell phones. He called me up, and he was up in North Jersey, and, uh, but they lived in Virginia at the time. And I said to him, you know, what the heck are you doing up in North Jersey on a Saturday night? And he says I'm up here every week with my kid, and of course the kid was like 12 years old then, Jeremy Roenick. But he'd go right. out and play at, at, at I think it's called well it was I think it was called the Iceland or Ice World I guess it was up there in So. and Avenue. Yeah, exactly, yeah, and
4: he'd be <laughs> up there.
5: <laughs> yeah, and and then he would uh, be playing the the little flyers in Philly, and then they'd go home. And he was on the road right. all week in his job, you know. And uh, and I've met Jeremy uh, several times. And, uh, you know, he had quite a career and uh, obviously did well with the Flyers. But let's talk about the Flyers, Chris. Uh, they Were they a surprise team to you as they were to many?
2: This year? I, I, I yeah. know that they're, yeah. they're, they're and people probably saying it left and right. Hextall laid a great foundation – now it's time to complete. Uh, yeah. Y- you start, I always am a firm believer, I guess maybe because I try to play the position, you got to start from the back end out. We're looking good at the back end. I'm glad they signed Elliott to have a veteran behind the kid. But Right. I don't know what other people feel, but we lucked into Ivan Provorov. This kid is a stud. I mean, he is a workhorse beyond workhorse. Uh, can't say enough things about him. You draft an un, uh, you get an undrafted free agent Phil Myers, another fine fine young kid, a- and they got a good mix. I mean, they they're bringing Braun back, they're bringing a different Eric Gustafson back. Um, I mean, a good good mix. Uh, Fletcher's making some moves, and, and and it's very very promising, very very promising. Kevin Hayes, what a great great Kevin Hayes, that was. Big acquisition. I think they're on big the right track. Yeah.
0: So well,
4: tracks. I you
5: know they were on a roll. I was at that last game before it was shut down. And uh you know it was just really exciting and it really I I tell you. It, uh, that team this past year, they got that got me really back into hockey because I used to be at a lot of Flyers games. I was at opening night in 67 against the Penguins. And and then uh I lived in Atlanta in 72. Uh, when the uh, Atlanta Flames, I was at opening night there. Then I was at opening night for the Thrashers, and uh, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I love hockey, but I just, uh, you know, when with their downtime time, I just got away from it. But I'll tell you, they've gotten me back a hundred percent, and uh, I, I can't say enough about it. And I think that I was uh, I, with you. I think Ron Hextall is not getting the credit due for what he did uh, building up this team from the ground level. And Cliff Fletcher, uh, Fletcher, I think, is doing a great job now continuing
2: on. Yeah, like I said, the foundation is there. Uh, these young kids are, that, that are in the system are looking good. Uh, they had a very nice draft. Uh, this young kid, Forrester, uh, is a really nice player. Um, they, they, I believe he he signed an ELC today. Uh, the young kid wisdom, the fourth rounder, they gave him an ELC. Uh, uh, he's a big kid. They thought he was going to go in the first, second round, late, late, late first, early second, and they got him in the fourth. So, you know, they're 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 keeping the promises of the young kids coming through. Uh, I think Joel Farabee is going to be a nice player. One of the biggest guys I think is going to take a Wayne Simmons role. Is in the AHL, Isaac Radcliffe. This kid is six foot six and he's a forward and uh, he can skate and he's got a big body to put in front of that net. Um, it, there's, there's some really nice kids to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And if Claude, well, Claude can keep leading him, I think uh, people, I, there's been a lot of dissent, but over the years, I think he's grown into be one of the best captains they had. Uh, of course, Clark is the epitome. Uh, my right. second favorite was Dave Poole, and, and I think Claude's stepping right into there. He's been in captain for a while. Uh, very, very, very good in his his hockey IQ. Uh, just, just, just a really good human being. I, I've had a chance to talk to him a few times in the locker room. Just a great guy.
5: Do uh, you sen- get the sense that uh, youth hockey uh, will get started, uh, you know, say in a month or so? Uh, because I do see now a lot of activity locally uh, out here, uh, you know, with uh, football games. And I was talking to a security guy over at Springport yesterday, and uh, they're starting to loosen up, letting people into the stands.
2: So uh, do you – Limited, you limited that, uh, stands for youth yeah. right now. Limited yeah. stands. Uh, New Jersey just starts this weekend. So locally they're coming. And they've had um, – Believe it or not, they've had some Delaware teams come up to our area. Um, uh, some New York teams have come down, which I was surprised uh, as early as last weekend, to local ice line, Aston, um, uh, some of the used teams out of Havertown. I know they played uh, the new, uh, well, it used to be old West, now it's called PNY Arena. They just retrofitted out there. Um, so, so they are starting to allow the fans in. Uh, the kids have been practicing, so yeah, it's great. It, it's good to see. I mean, everybody, of course, has to be safe, but it, it's good to see the loosen up and uh, they're really being careful. Like I said, I a double weekend and they're really being vigilant about how they do it. Most of the kids are coming uh, three quarters of the way dressed and just putting their skates and the little peripherals on. The rinks are doing a real good job adhering to everything. It, it's really good to see that everybody's
3: paying attention.
5: Well, I think it's great uh, that the kids need it.
3: Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, that, Frank. That, I'm sorry. That, yeah. Is is uh, Ed Van Amp still involved in the uh, Aston Rink? He, he originally opened that with the uh, Mas- Master and uh, and um, Bill uh, Berge. I
2: I had not seen him around in quite some time. I don't I don't know um, who's who's really taken over down there. Uh, I used to see the Watson brothers around there for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, 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 uh, they were good friends. Jimmy. Yes. Jimmy, Jimmy and Joe, I've seen them down there a few times on different occasions, uh, but have not seen at Imp. To, to do well, one, well, the you know, Howard Town. Can, ta- can't yeah, yeah, the
5: Howard Town, town Rink uh, there, what is that? It's Darby and, uh, and Manoa Road, right? And, uh, right. I think it's, yeah. what's that called, the Iceum or something like that? yeah stadium stadium Scadium. oh the stadium that's right that's what it is yeah and and i grew up in havertown so i mean uh i i really uh, still follow haverford uh, athletics and uh but i'm i'm just glad to hear that chris that that the uh, kids uh are are uh, they're allowing them to come out and play and and things are loosening up. I know my uh, oldest granddaughters on a travel softball team and they're playing uh fall ball. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a good, that's in Pennsylvania. That's a good, uh, good sign of, uh, of things to come. The, uh,
2: Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie, um, mystery Alaska?
5: No, I haven't. No. Uh,
2: well, it's, it's this little t- town in, in Alaska and they, Decide that uh, the NHL wants to play. The New York Rangers want to play the local team because they they can beat anybody on a pond. Well, mm-hmm. it's so cold they rotate the guys out of the dressing room. So what they're doing at the rinks this weekend, which took me by surprise, is you're only allowed nine players on the bench to to be safe. And mm-hmm. so we're rotating. The extra kids out of the dressing room, and I'm like, "Wow, this is like a scene out of a movie." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris, well, it, you graduate, a if one. you're around
5: long enough, you're going to. Uh, what goes around comes around. That's all I can say. Sure. That's right.
3: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Chris, in your travels around, do you, are you seeing any prospects that you're looking at uh, make, may make it all the way? Any of the college kids or high school kids?
2: there's so there's some college there's a there's a local kid out of here on jay i've been trying to get a hold of him he's a goaltender that the caps drafted but he never got signed to his elc and i've yet to find him i had a note here on him and and i and his name escapes me because I, i was a little frustrated And of course everything with everything here went south uh but no, nobody had stand out. I, I followed a couple of young guys to college, but no, no one that I've seen that that extra. I don't want to say a hockey sense, you know, that that little bit extra. And we've had a few kids come out and make it to the lower minor, but I haven't seen that that in a, in quite some time.
3: How far north do you go with your with your reffing, and how far south?
2: Um, I stay uh, relatively local. I'll, I'll go as far as Aston. I've done a few, but um, the assigners, especially this year with things going on, um, I, I've been out to uh, Havertown. I've been out to Bucks uh, County ice, Revolution ice, all those in the past. Uh, right now, I'm just trying to stay close to home. As uh, I mentioned to Roger, uh, I'm getting ready to move.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm moving
2: out of the Pottstown area. But I'm only going to Douglasville, so it's not too far. No,
3: that's not No, you know, you
2: know what? in Yeah. I'm sorry,
5: guys? How long yeah, have you been in Pottstown? Chris
3: was oh.
2: 22 years.
5: Oh, wow. Okay.
3: And yeah, my wife's what? from yeah, Pottstown. Yeah, 22 years. Is, is, is uh, boy your wife
2: Brad from Pottstown? No, no, my wife's from uh, Schwanksville, but I'm a born and bred King of Prussia boy, and when I go. was little in King of Prussia, there was no mall.
1: That's
3: right. right. So I'm right. really dating those I went to Upper Marion. Did Murray. you go to Upper Marion? Yes, I did. <laughs> did you know J.C. Smith?
2: He was the principal when I was there. So, <laughs> again, I <laughs> <said> myself. <right?
3: laughs> the
2: funny thing is. I didn't see any of those weird things they put in the movie. Uh, was he a little strange? Yeah, but I wasn't one of those oh, guys. Yeah. I wasn't running the principal's office. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'd tell you if I was, come on
3: guys. Yeah. He, he, uh, he definitely was strange. He used to do a, uh, a, a, um, sports program on, uh, uh, what that was, it? W, uh, PB, in Chester. And, um, uh, at the time he was at uh Upper Darby, and then he moved to Upper Marion, and uh he really went off the deep wall when he went up uh, up to upper Marion. and, and he was <laughs> he was he was a screwball
5: well i will tell you chris and and Frank what Chris just said about the mall when he was growing up at upper marion the uh I worked at Western Savings Bank, and uh I get a call. Uh, Where well, I'm, I'm told, I guess I was at the main office at Broad and Chestnut. That you got to work tomorrow out on 202, uh, out there in King of Prussia, and and I said, really, I, I I was not happy about this, and nobody was because it was the deadest office in the whole system. <laughs> and There was no traffic, <laughs> and and you'd go you'd go out there. And you'd hardly have any. And, you know, in those days, you're on Friday, you're open 9 in the morning till late at night. Then you've got to settle the office. Okay? You know, I mean, it's not like today, you know, with computers and everything was manual then. And I just was dreading having to work in that office on a Friday all the way probably to like 9 30, 10 o'clock. And, I'd uh, been used to working at uh, 52nd and Market, uh, Broad and Chester. Oh, we were gosh. open on Wednesday nights. You know, it, it's just a totally different, uh, environment going to King of Prussia back in the, uh, uh, mid sixties, uh, d- different world than today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, absolutely, uh, absolutely. That's when you get through. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you uh, what you were just saying, Chris, uh, I heard a funny story. Um, I'm trying to think it's uh, somebody that Frank and I know, and, uh, they were uh, talking about that they were in a uh, in a, a restaurant in in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I, I might have even been at one of the Chickie and Pete's. And uh, the woman, uh, the family was at another table, and she's crying. And uh, my friends, our friends, uh, you know, wife uh, said, "I wonder what's wrong." She's really upset. So they went over and they talked to them about it, and uh, she said, "We have to move." And they said, well, you know, where are you moving from? From South Philly to the Northeast.
0: Yeah.
5: <laughs> but that's a true story. I, you know what?
2: I think I would cry, too. I've been on the boulevard. Yeah,
3: yeah. Exactly. A lot of people from South Philly moved out to Springfield. And the only reason for that was if you died in South Philly, you were buried out in um, um, Pius Tenth. And you come down uh, Woodland Avenue and out, uh, out and over. Um, upper, uh, the 320, uh, 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 right? The state road. Yeah, state road to yeah. 320.
4: And, yeah.
3: Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then that's why they migrated out that way, and <laughs> they, that's why the Republican Party lost their foothold in Springfield Township because of all the people from South Philly moving in. <laughs> they were all Democrats. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that
5: that's a great point, Frank. Because I asked a friend of mine uh, who lives in Springfield. We were together on Saturday, and and he said, "Yeah, this used to be all Republican. I didn't know, but that's the reason. Okay, that everything yeah. changed because the people moving from South Philly." Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I, Douglasville's uh, nice. I've been through there a number of times. As a matter of fact. Uh, uh, a woman I went to high school with uh lives up in that area and uh it's it 's really uh, it's nice well chris i 'll tell you the uh, uh before we let you go let 's talk a little bit about center ice again about uh the people can get it at at rinks um is it available like Brian baldinger has a football magazine that 's in Wawa is yours available in Wawa by any chance
2: w- well, Wawa's well, little Little dicey. My local managers have allowed me to put them in this Pottstown area. Um, I haven't gotten through to corporate to allow me to distribute through the whole chain yet. So I, I am working on that, but I haven't been as a successful to get through to corporate. W- one last thing before we go, I did find that, that my might on that local kid out of uh, O and J. His name was Mitchell Gibson. He was drafted by the in twenty eighteen in the fourth round. So. He was a nice player. I remember him. I think I might have repped a few of his games, but uh, no. But I'm working on the Wawa angle. I like that. Maybe I should get Baldy a call. Maybe he can help me out.
5: <laughs> well, that that could be too. Uh, I'll tell you. I do have a friend that's an executive with Wawa, uh, so I'll send him a uh, an email about it and uh, see uh, maybe he can uh, help uh, get through the process because. It's really a great uh, uh, publication that you do. It's a, lot of, uh, a lot of very interesting articles. And, you know, there's not a, a lot of hockey uh, magazines out there anymore. Well, period. I mean, you know, because of uh, the websites and, and everything else. But uh, I just I, – when I got it, at, I, was, I got it at the Wells Fargo uh, uh, Center, and I just found that it was a great. And I remember I brought it up to uh, Tommy and Frank and Don, and uh, unfortunately, uh, the legendary Don Henderson is not with us tonight. He loved to talk to you because I, I told him you were going to be on, Chris. And uh, but he's um, much above our level uh, at the Greenbrier in West <laughs> Virginia.
2: So there you go. Well, listen. well we appreciate it, and uh, we want to keep uh, reporting everything we can. Every uh, any of the listeners, uh, you know, you have kids playing. We appreciate all the input. Anybody. I always tell people, tell us about where you are, what you're playing. Uh, maybe we could profile that, that young individual or the team, you know, and get them out there. Uh, all information is great. Uh, like I said, from the my right on up, well, we, we want to push you all out there to the people.
3: Well, give, Chris, that, he, uh, he can give uh, us another uh, plug. A,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, Sunrise Hockey Magazine and uh, any information, Centerize at gmail.com, and uh we like I said we, we'd love to, we'd love to help them out, love to, everybody get the recognition in the Delaware Valley and even all our friends out there, Frank, even you down there in St Pete, uh, you know yes, we can, we can take care of those too
5: that's, that's great. great that's great. So great. Well, listen, Chris, thank you. We'll be in touch. Good luck in your move and uh Appreciate you know, we'll, you we'll too. stay in touch. Thank you. All all take right. care. Thank you guys
3: take care. We appreciate it. Right. Yeah, Roger. I've, I've, well, uh, Frank. I tried to get get a hold of Mr. Rosenberg, and he doesn't seem to be answering his phone. So I just texted him to make sure I got the correct number.
5: Yeah. Well. Okay. Good. Because um, you know, I, you know what? I can send him one too, Frank. Because uh, he had confirmed to me that uh, you know everything was a go, right. and uh, so you know, let's see. Uh, Hold on one minute, and uh, we'll do this. There we go. Uh,
3: yeah, I wonder what we have to do to be uh, Don's bag boy to be able to uh, bag some balls with him at uh, Greenburg. I mean, you
0: know. Yeah, that's a good all question.
3: I, all I can know is, is I've been to the gate. Never yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
5: Well, I, I talked to him this morning. He called me bright and early. And he said uh we're on our way out to uh uh you know out to the uh uh at out to play golf and this is at, he said we're teeing off at nine thirty and this was at seven thirty wow so uh you know i just sent uh, IJ i j a uh uh a, a note um and you know what i'll tell you frank how about if I try to get him and, and maybe we can have a – You know, I can get him on a,
4: yeah, I, on a I conference get him on the call here.
3: Let me, let me. I can just put him right. Oh, in. you got him. Good. Okay, great. Not, great. I've got his number on there.
5: Okay, great. Yeah, he's he's a terrific guy, and uh, i mean, He's been uh, you know covering Atlanta sports for a long time, and mm-hmm. uh, he had uh, it's called the uh, Score Atlanta, and it used to be a uh, a magazine and mm-hmm. uh and now it's uh you know it's obviously everything is uh, electronic and i I get it all the right. time and uh and he'll he could give us some real insight about uh you know what's going on and with the braves and also with the uh falcons
3: mm-hmm. so, yeah, it not, uh, not being answered no, I don't know uh must have a hot date. Yeah.
5: Yeah, maybe he does. I think he's got several uh, uh, kids. Anyway, he's, Here, let me let you probably... uh, carry it for a minute, and, um, okay. and then I'm going to see what I can do real quick, okay?
3: Okay. Yeah, we have a um, – as a public service announcement, uh, we just want to let you know that uh, Tommy is uh, under the weather tonight, uh, seems to be having some uh, problems. He's had some uh, major health problems over the year, this last year. And uh, he was on at the beginning of the show, and uh, we had him, um, uh, he really was uh, hurt, uh, in in pain, so we asked him to go ahead and go to the uh, ER, and we'll update you as to uh, how things are going with him. Uh, the other question, uh, and uh, th- this last, uh, this season has just been absolutely horrendous as far as professional football goes. Um I've made the decision not to watch the games uh, because of a, a political stance that people are taking. Uh, I, th- I think that's not what they're supposed to do. They're being paid big money to play, not shoot their mouth off. Um, however, um, when you let a um, onside kick roll past you and let the uh, oh. the uh, kick go ahead,
5: Frank, we got good news. We got IJ. Yeah, okay. I got him. Uh, hey on guys. Phone. All right. Sorry Good. about it. All you right. A little crazy. Hey, how are y'all doing? Good. Good. We're yeah, doing great. How are you? Good. Um, well, IJ, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Last time I saw you, we were like doing Falcons and a lot of other stuff in Atlanta, but uh, Score Atlanta continues to be a successful uh, a publication operation electronically. And what I did want to, before we get into all the Atlanta athletics, which is a lot, uh, t- tell us a little bit about, uh, we just had a, a Chris Rupert on that does a hockey publication. Tell us how you got in, uh, started uh, score Atlanta, which now a number of years ago. Yeah, you know, it's
7: interesting. I was at the AJC. I came straight out of the University of Alabama and uh, went to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Uh, You know, ended up covering the Braves from 91 to 98, which was sort of the, you know, the high point of my journalistic career. Um, And then in 98, um, uh, decided, you know, with the kids young and everything, and had been recruited by a Wall Street firm. It's not uh, there anymore, but it was Bear Stearns. And ended up going over there, uh, really learning about business and how to raise money and different things like that. And and then got back into my own deal uh, with Score Atlanta in the early 2000s. And, you know, we started with a publication. Um, uh, You know, I think we started maybe twice a month, and then we went to once a month. Um, We haven't actually had the publication in years. Um, You know, we've sort of grown as a very grassroots sports marketing company in Atlanta. Uh, We own some big events, the Corky Kale Classic, uh, the Great Atlanta Bash, uh, the Elite, uh, which is the big all-star games at the end of the year. We do a tremendous amount of television. Um, you know, our, our big customers are the Falcons and the United, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and, you know, we're involved with, you know, pretty much everybody. I mean, the Hall of Fame and, you know, the Chick-fil-A Bowl or the Peach Bowl and the SEC Championship. Unfortunately for us, uh, you know, COVID took took down some very big, you know, big deals for us, especially the Final Four Uh, We do a tremendous amount of work for the NCAA when they come to town. So uh, whether it's football or or basketball or whatever. Uh, But, you know, it's been tough the last couple of months, probably much like you guys. I mean, um, you know, business has been, you know, up and down. We're, you know, we still feel good about our our high school. You know, we were able to get Corky Kell. We did nine games at nine different locations on television and then came back the next week at Georgia State did three on TV for the great Atlanta bash. So, you know, we're moving through it. Uh, You know, we know when it gets back to normal, if it gets back to normal anytime soon uh, that, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be in good shape. But, you know, right now, like a lot of small companies um, you know, we're having to, you know, we're having to do extra stuff and different things just to, uh, you know, be able to keep everybody on the payroll.
5: Yeah, it's a real challenge for any, uh, any firm, uh, to do, uh, keep everybody employed and, uh, congratulations on the great job, but it's, uh, fantastic the way your company has grown. I mean, you know, starting out as a publication and now, uh, you're, you know, big marketing uh, company and, and events and everything. Um, you know, a couple of things we talk with a fellow that's usually on, uh, right about this time every week, uh, but uh, at a uh, uh, celebrating birthday of his father tonight, Mike Simzak. he uh, is a soccer soccer expert. We've talked about the United many, many times. I I happened to be there uh, uh, when that first game uh, was taking place at Georgia Tech. Tech. Exactly. And uh, it's just amazing uh, the the crowds that they've gotten. But I think, uh, and I've said it many times, um, They, they, the Arthur Blank and his people did it the right way. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry,
7: go
0: on. No, no, no. What I was
7: going to say, you know, we've we've been involved since the beginning on that. You know, I was very fortunate. This goes years back, uh, but Arthur wanted a book written, uh, basically on how the team was built, and uh, you know, I've known Arthur since 1979 when he opened Home Depot, and I actually ended up writing the book and. Uh, which was a great experience. I would meet with him once a month, and I did that for, I think, three and a half years and watched the whole organization being built. And what was cool for us was we were very involved with the building of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So really Mercedes-Benz was the first big stadium that was built both for soccer and another sport, football. Um, And it's really worked well. I think what's going to be real interesting with the United is – uh, and of course, you know, second year they end up, you know, winning the whole thing. And and I don't think last year was a big disappointment. Uh, you know, it's hard to come back and win back to back in any professional league. Uh, but I, I I I wonder what COVID, what type of effect it's going to have? Because I'll tell you what, um, that had been that had become the biggest. Uh, they had become the most popular professional team in Atlanta.
4: Mm-hmm. And,
7: uh, you know, well, you know, so much more than the Braves and the Hawks and, and even the Falcons. And uh place was being packed. People were having a great time. Um, the stadium worked out perfectly for that. Um, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. And, you know, I think um, Atlanta is a good example. They're not playing very well this year. Uh, you know, obviously they lost uh, their striker. Um, who was you know not only the, their best player but probably the best striker in the league um and then it just all shut down so and they haven't been able to open the door since uh so you know they're going to play their last two home games in front of fans but it's going to be very small I was out there Sunday for the Falcons guys and I got to believe that when Arthur Blank walked out on the field and I, you know in my section which was 113 uh, the the, one, the tickets that they gave me for the game, which is about the 30-yard line. I mean, I counted 22 people in my section. I mean, there weren't – I can't tell you exactly how many people there, but it wasn't much more than a 1,000 or two. And, uh, you know, I think he sat on the field and probably saw that. If he had not already made his decision, you know, as far as his GM and his head coach. But, but you're right about the United. This has become a soccer town. Uh, and, you know, I just got to – we just got to hope that, you know, when COVID – finally pushes through uh, and it looks like it's going to take some time that you know we'll go back to you know to the same type crowds and uh, because that was a lot of fun
5: yeah well one of the things that impressed me and I've said it uh, previously on the show uh, when uh, he you know uh, signed to get the team etc a couple of things number one I thought uh, taking Matt Moore Uh, from the Falcons. Falcons, Yeah. Yeah. To put together, uh, you know, all the, uh, you know, electronic inside uh, type of, um, uh, you know, information. Well, you know, I guess he did the website and things like that, correct? Yeah, Matt, you know, um, i go way back with the
7: Falcons, Uh, obviously to my very early days in the eighties, I would actually cover the team uh, for the AJC and, Um, Matt I think was one of you know they did some really good things Uh, for the first six months um, the soccer club was basically run by Rich McKay um, Mm -hmm. because they didn't have anybody Um, and they did a great job Roddy White um, who of course uh, got knocked out of there because of the piping and the crowd noise Uh, Mm -hmm. he was sort of in charge of uh, you know of those first six months as far as marketing was concerned and uh, you know the team did it right. You know I was at all the big events. Uh, it was a lot of fun to see uh, the reaction because it was a very small sort of core of supporters um, that they invited to everything. Uh, and um, you know, but I'll, I'll tell you guys that the, the reason uh, the reason why MLS works is because of the commissioner. Um, you know, I've been up to New York and met with him. I can't tell you how many times I've had sit downs with him down here. Don Garber, to me, is as good a commissioner as any of the pro sports have. He gets it. Um, He has not. You know, he does a tremendous uh, job vetting ownership uh, to make sure that you know these teams that come into the league can make it because that was the biggest problem MLS had early on was they had such a you know difference. You had all these NFL owners. That could financially support soccer, but then again, you had other owners that you know weren't very you know solid as far as their financial backing. And, and of course, the early MLS years, you lost teams every year. But now they've got a solid group of owners. Uh, looks like they're going to you know their their TV contracts getting better every year. Uh, but their their commission, I think he's going to be the next commissioner of the NFL. By the way, uh, oh. so that's where he comes from. Uh, makes sense. Uh, And he's just done a great job. And and I think Atlanta coming in and Arthur, uh, you know, really setting the model for all of the MLS. And and the model, you know, I think Arthur followed what Seattle did. Um, And, uh, you know, Seattle after a couple of years of struggling with all those billionaires that wanted to own the soccer team there finally got it right. And Atlanta has just taken it and run with it.
3: Well, yeah. And I think
5: the other thing, go ahead, Frank.
3: That's exactly the opposite of what they did with um, arena football. Originally, the um, NFL was was a a major backer, and they used it as a a farm team. But that didn't last too long. And then they had a a group of investors that were headed by uh, um, John Bon Jovi, um, Jerry Jones, and um, um, uh, what's his name uh, from the – the Denver quarterback, Roger up? Uh, oh,
5: yeah. Uh, John Elway. John Elway.
3: Elway, yeah. And they uh they put six teams together for each division. Um but the people that they they brought in as owners um were not as uh uh business minded as they should have been. And so the crowds were not as big. Uh some of them, like uh Tampa at at one point was given they had seventeen thousand seats they were giving away ten thousand tickets free uh, just to get people in the seats and trying to make the money off the uh, beer and the the concession stands Um, but then they made a the the mortal mistake on with that was they took the the uh, arena bowl to Hawaii Um, Mm. and of course it was uh, Tampa Bay um, against the Barnstormers. And um, they ended up with, like, in a, a stadium that holds uh, 60,000 people, they ended up with less than 5,000 people. Wow. So they lost a bundle on that, and they, they they continued that the next year by going to Puerto Rico and losing a bundle. And then those guys just said to hell with it, we're giving up. And uh, they walked away, and that's when, when the uh, team folded the first time. And then the second time they came back in, the uh, owner had to be, part of the um ownership or leadership of the arena that they were playing in and um again um while they put a great product out there um they didn't have, some of them just didn't have the cash to keep on going on and it got down to just uh, uh four teams playing uh playing each other three times a, a season and it that just uh even Jaworski uh, finally threw it. He had uh, two teams. He finally threw his hat in and said, that's it, I'm done.
5: Yeah. Well, you can only do it so long. And, and uh, sure. I think one of the things that uh, that, uh, that when we'll get, get away from the United, we had Mike Conti on a couple weeks ago. Uh, he does a great job doing the play-by-play on 92-9, uh, the game. But um, the other thing is that when the United was put together, uh, their practice facility is like in a ethnic neighborhood, isn't it, IJ? Yeah, it's in Cobb County. It's uh, off
7: Franklin Road, and and it was a you know pretty tough area, but it's a beautiful complex.
5: Oh, but it got into the neighborhood.
7: Yeah, you know? well, I mean that's what Arthur is all about. I mean, right? You know, MBS, you know, trying to redo the west side of Atlanta, and and of course the the um, the facility, the training facility for the United, which is out. Uh, in Cobb County and in a, in sort of a tough area. Uh, so yes, that's, you know, that's, that's what he tries to do. And it's worked in both, both places.
5: Yeah. Because a lot of times people were complaining in the media about having to go out the flowery branch uh, to cover the Falcons. And yet I went to Athens a number of times to cover Mark Rick. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of people uh, there, are 30 to 40 people in the media covering Georgia and it's, uh, it's not an easy ride to go to Athens from Atlanta either, okay? But uh, let's talk about uh, the Braves and the Falcons. Of course, the Falcons on Sunday, Arthur uh, fired Thomas Dimitrov and, and Dan Quinn. What's the temperature been uh, concerning uh, the firing, and what do you think the future is? Uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier, about uh, is Matt Ryan's future with the, the Falcons – going to be history and they'll go in a, uh, to start a, a rebuild with a new, a new quarterback. What do you think? Well,
7: I think that the, um,
5: head coach and the general manager, the
7: new head coach and general manager will make those decisions. Um, you know, I, I personally think that this time the Falcons need to go out and get a name. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, what, you know, is that a Lincoln Riley? Um, you know, is that going after, you know, perhaps, uh, you know the Clemson football coach, uh, but I, I think it's really important for them to go out and get somebody that people know. Um, this this you know the the path of of, of you know offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators you know works sometimes and it works and it doesn't work sometimes. Uh, but you know it it's going to be interesting. I mean the, you know we still have 11 games left uh, in this season and they've got to get through that. Um, so, you know, you're not going to be able to interview a lot of people right now, uh, but it does give you time, uh, to give yourself uh, rich McKay, who's been with the team for a long time. since pretty much since Arthur owned it. Um, you know, he's sort of the acting, uh, GM and, uh, sort of the, the president of the club. So, you know, he's uh, a lot of people. I have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, but I do think that this time they've, they've really got to go after a proven coach. Um, I, I think they need some, uh, you know, they, they need some marketing with this one uh, because, you know, it, this town is is very disappointed and has been very disappointed uh, in the Falcons, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, really ever since we left Houston uh, and lost, you know, the Super Bowl uh, right. to New England. And and let me tell you guys, you know, I covered the Braves from 91 to 98. You know, there was probably not a better time in Atlanta sports than that but you know when the when the Braves lost um, the World Series uh, to the Yankees in 1996 after being up to 2-0 and then 6-0 in game four um, you know they really haven't rebounded from that um, until just recently and uh, and we'll see if they can get through this series with the Dodgers um, but you know the Super Bowl thing really, really struck hard. And, um, you know, I think sometimes when things like that happen, it's very tough to bounce back with the same people. And, uh, you know, Quinn was given, you know, basically uh, to almost three years to do so. And, and well, actually, he's been given three-plus years because uh, this was his fourth season after the Super Bowl. So I, I really I don't know anything right now other than the fact that, um, you know, I do feel like, Uh, They need to make some type of splash on this hire.
5: Yeah, I would agree with you. And uh, I think the Panthers did that with Matt Rule, uh, you know, who uh, resurrected my alma mater's uh, program at Temple, then went to Baylor, did a great job. But he had had experience with the Giants, you know, uh, in the NFL. So I I agree with you uh, 100%. I mean, you know, the last two have been defensive coordinators, Mike Smith and, and uh, Dan Quinn. Um, but I also getting to baseball and the Braves, I really think the Braves are so far advanced over the Phillies, it's not even funny. And it all goes back to uh, the minor minor league and the player development. And uh, are you with me on that?
7: Yes. I mean, I think, you know, I guess that whole situation is a strange situation considering that the GM that, that really got all that going is not with them and has been banned from baseball. I like what the Braves have done. I think offensively um, they've got a lot of good young talent, uh, not only at the major league level, but at the minor league level as well. Uh, and then as we've seen, um, you know, we, the Braves, you know, we've got some, you know, at least two real good starting pitchers. Unfortunately, you know, the other one, one of them was lost to the season. Um, but I, uh, when the GM was, you know, caught, you know, with, uh, you know, you know, basically, you know, paying prospects and different things like that. And so they're going to have to, you know, they're going to, you know, now's their time. And, uh, this is a good example this year, you know, they came out with two wins, uh, in, uh, you know, the first two games of the series. I wouldn't even worry about tonight. Um,
5: I, that happens.
7: Yeah, but you know, in game, you, you know, what if you're the Braves right now? All you got to do is win two more, right. and you're going to get a chance for the guys that, you know, pitch game one and two will pitch games. I think six and seven, if you go that far. So, right. uh, you know, if they can get out of this series, you know, I think that, um, you know, they'll be facing a better team in Tampa. Uh, but I think it'll be a huge step if they can get back to the World Series.
5: Oh, I think it'll just do wonders. I I guess uh, Doug's with us, Frank, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, listen, I.J., it was a pleasure to uh, talk to you. Long time. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. Uh, And uh, I look forward to uh, getting together with you when I'm down in Atlanta. And, uh, uh, you know, I really enjoy all your work, and it goes way back uh, many years. And um, the young man that used to sit next to me in the press box at the Dome Brian, I forget his last name. Nice young man. I know he was a writer for you uh, for a uh, number of years. Brian Jones. Brian Jones. That's yes, right. Brian great, kid, great young man. Still, still with us. Uh, still with us. I appreciate bet. it, guys, and yeah. Want
7: to you guys. It sounds like you guys are have caught on and done a great job. And you know, call me anytime.
5: I will. We will. Thank, thank, you, thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And um, we got them. Our uh, golf pro. <laughs> Mr. Doug Hamilton, I that that 'cause Mr. Don Henderson was playing at the Greenbrier today, Doug.
4: Yeah.
8: hmm Yeah, <laughs> I heard he got he got a couple de- he got a couple
3: demerits for uh, for missing his shift here. Oh, no. no, no, we don't. We're not going to do that. We're just going to cut his salary by fifty percent. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs>
8: yeah. Yep. That'll that'll but learn Doug- him.
5: <laughs> As Don would say, how's everything on the golf front?
8: <laughs> you know, we uh Frank and I had a good kibitz here. We were talking about um, you know, just kinda uh the state of the state here in terms of um, you know, gosh, how 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 daggone busy um it is. The the weather here in, in Maryland has been absolutely beautiful, Um really conducive to, to, to extending the season and, and playing some good fall golf here. I mean it's fairly crisp in the mornings. Um, but gosh, it, it warms up. I think tomorrow it's going to be, you know, 75 degrees and, um, you know, we're, we're still churning out rounds of golf. Like you have no idea. And, um, you know, the, the industry as a whole, I mean, obviously as you look across the board with, uh, the unfortunate happenings of, with COVID and, and restaurants and movie theaters and, you know, obviously all these indoor places that are struggling. I mean, we've, we felt the opposite, um, in terms of the, the boom, of golf because it's, it's obviously safe for people to, uh, to, to come out and and play and be outside and have a good time and and socially distance. And, you know, if they have to walk inside, certainly we still have our food service going and, you know, different things available. Uh, They do wear a mask and, and it's, it's, it's been a good environment for all of our membership. And as we've, we've talked about over the course of time, I mean, our rounds of golf have have skyrocketed, um, you know, and, and with that comes, um, you know, extremely busy and hectic days with uh, sometimes a, a pace that's extremely hard to, to keep up with. And, you know, just when we think we might have a a chance to take a deep breath, you know, we don't. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm starting to see sales reps and vendors for uh, pre-book buying for the spring. And, you know, unfortunately, that, that takes time uh, to meet with them. And uh, it takes, you know, at least one of my staff members to to execute that, and and you know, there's just so much going on um, that that you know on a normal day, I, I am ecstatic if I can get an uninterrupted five minute span to eat my lunch, um, you know. And it's just from the time I get there until the time I leave, I feel like my hair's on fire, and um, you know, it's just I, I, I for the first time in my life, I'm I'm so looking forward to daylight savings time and cooler weather and and the potential of of snow uh to just you know shut this place down you know what i mean and and uh sure and and give you know some of the employees myself included a chance to recharge our batteries cuz i am down to the wick in terms of my candle here so um you know and That's i and wild. i say i go ahead you
5: said you said i think you said last week or the week before but that's this has been a record year as far as yeah. the number of golf games mm-hmm. that have been played at
8: the course. Sure. Yeah, the rounds are um, we're we're doing in excess of 1,000 rounds, you know, a month more than what we normally do. Um. You know, I mean, it's from our first tee time is eight in the morning. You know, I somebody called when I was answering the phones for about the hundredth time today that somebody called for a tee time on Saturday. And I literally have zero tea times left on Saturday from 8 a.m. Wow. until 6 until I guess it's probably 4, 4 p.m. I had none left. Mm-hmm. Zero. Every 10 minutes we do a tea time and I have none left.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: Wow. You know, we're talking mid to late October that this is still occurring. So, you know, like I said, the, the pace is frantic. And to keep up with that in terms of, you know, the people that call and, um, you know, one-tea want, want, uh, want times, the people that are checking in to, you know, ensure that, that we charge them correctly, the people that need things, um, you know, the planning phases for uh, the remaining couple things we have left um, in terms of, of events. Um, you know, tomorrow is CPR training. Friday is um, um, a two-hour training for our p- point-of-sale system that we're going to implement uh, some online tea times for next year. So, you know, every day there's seemingly something uh, that that occurs, um, you know, that just you know adds something to an already busy pace. Um, you know, so it, it's crazy. I, I've never, I've never seen this. I've never been a part of this, and it's across the board. You know, if you call any country club or any you know public facility, uh, they're likely to tell you the same thing that. Um, you know, there's just people upon people upon people. I mean, if you're, um, a standard driving range, you're probably waiting in line at some point to, to hit golf balls. Um, you know, there are many country clubs that have waiting lists for uh, member play on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's through the roof, man. I'm telling you, we've never seen this before. It's crazy. And, and again, you know, from a selfish standpoint, obviously I, I, I've, have uttered these words from my perspective, uh, but at the same time, I you know, it's a good problem to have in terms of trying to, um, you know, recoup some revenue that we've obviously lost uh, due to the COVID. Um, you know, to, you know, have employees that are that are coming to work in a safe environment that are able to pay their bills and, and get paychecks. I mean, these are all uh, super positive things. You know, that 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 you know don't mistake the fact that I'm not complaining about them. I'm just saying. It's so incredible that it's just hard to keep up with, um, you know, and it takes um, you know when when you put your feet on the floor and you you know you're you know I, I tell people when the bell rings, I come to the the center of the ring and I tap gloves, you know what i mean <laughs> that's pretty much my everyday i'm I'm ready to go, you know so um you know um you know was it uh, Rocky Balboa that said it's not how hard you get hit? You know, it's how many times, or how many, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up, you know, those sorts of things that kind of get you through your day when you're dealing with people that don't care. You know, they, they want to play golf. They want range balls. They want cheeseburgers. They want good greens. They want tea times. You know, they they want certain things, and you're there to provide that for them in a hospitality right. environment. So, um, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes, but, um, you know, like I said, I mean it's the days are starting to get shorter. Uh, you know, we've we've had a couple of frost situations. Um, you know, the cooler weather is, is certainly coming. I know this weekend some of the uh, nighttime temps are in the forties, the daytime highs are in the low sixties, so um you know, daylight savings time as I mentioned is you know, that, that finish line is about a month away, I think. Um you yeah, know in terms of right. getting a little a little little bit of relief. But but like I said, you know, Frank part and parcel of the conversations we've had, you know, prior to me coming on here where, you know, I've I've had difficulties finding, you know, assistance to work and, and keeping them. And, you know, I've been understaffed um, inside the shop pretty much all year. Um, normally I have myself and four others, and this year I've had myself and sometimes one, sometimes two, um, sometimes three um, others. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just difficult you don't have enough hands at certain points to, you know, be able to accomplish everything. And I find myself, you know, making a lot of lists of things that I hope to achieve. Um, and I just kind of cross off what I can and, and, uh, and move on. And hopefully the next day uh, something changes and I can get to it. If not, I add more things to it and I keep on crossing them off, you know? So.
3: Well, with that number of, of golfers coming out, I know uh, down here, uh, in season, our fairways mm-hmm. uh, get used uh, so much that uh, by the end of the season, yeah. it's like playing on the tile. Uh, How does right. that work with the, as far as you're concerned with these extra thousand plays?
8: Gosh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I wish uh, that individuals um, that played golf would would do a better job of taking care of of um, you know their home course in terms of you know, using the, the sand mixture to fill in their divots or, um, you know, replace divots if they can't. Uh, maybe if they're walking, clearly they're not going to be carrying the bottles. But but ball marks on greens um, has been a perpetual issue for us. Um, you know, not necessarily just this year, but um, perhaps it's that sense of entitlement that they think someone else is going to do it. Um, but, but our our greens from time to time, particularly in... Peak season summertime-wise when, you know, the superintendent's throwing an awful lot of water on those because of the heat and humidity, um, and they tend to get a little softer at that point in time. Um, So ball marks have been an issue. Um, A couple of the holes we have, uh, some of the landing spots are are pretty communal um, that everybody's going to hit in a very similar spot so that, you know, divots tend to be an issue uh, there. Um, You know, cart traffic um, potentially in, in areas it doesn't belong um, has been an issue. Um, you know, most of our golf course is, is bent grass um, in terms of tee to green with fairways and tee boxes. Um, they've held out pretty good um, with the rounds of golf that we've played. I mean, my, my superintendent does um, a very wonderful job of of manicuring the golf course uh, based on his budget. And, um, you know, the rough, um, you know, it's it was unseasonably wet, I think, this year. So the rough in, at certain points in time was. Uh, was ninja-like in terms of its length. Um, Our first cut between rough and fairway, uh, we call that kind of our our junior rough or our intermediate cut. Um, Had some issues with uh, summer patch, which which is a a disease um, that that affects bluegrass. Um, We are considering as we move forward into subsequent seasons to eliminate that entire cut and just go from rough to fairway. Um, It it changes the aesthetics of the hole for sure, but, um, if, if it makes it more manageable to eliminate or eradicate that disease, then I suppose that's a that's a good thing. I mean, we do aerification of of greens uh, in the spring as well as um, late summer. Um, first week in November, we'll do aerification to fairways, which is you know quite an undertaking with you know 200 plus acres of of grass that we have. Um, you know, but all those certain things that they do throughout the season have done a wonderful job of keeping the course. Uh, very lush very green very playable um even with the rounds of golf i feel like it's it's held up very well um you know it it certainly it certainly could be in a worse uh you know scenario um but it's it it has it has held up i think very well
5: good you know it's hard to believe the uh, masters will be coming up uh, very shortly and uh you know we're so used to having it the beginning of april and uh Right. Uh, you know, I, that's one one tournament. If uh, I, I've watched a number of tournaments, but that's one I just absolutely mm-hmm. love to watch. And sure. uh, h- how does it look to you? Uh, you know, as far as who do you think the
8: favorite will be, uh, if there is a favorite right now? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. I mean, obviously, um, you know, Augusta is its own entity in terms of, um, you know, they they. I think they completely resod basically the whole place, um, you know, to get it ready. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we're used to seeing this in April when typically certain things, notably the azaleas are are in bloom or, you know, for all we know, Augusta has a freaking cultured nursery somewhere where they just, you know, transplant the ones that are, you know what I mean? Um, which wouldn't surprise me if they did that, uh, you know, for this master's as well um you know being being this late you know November obviously is is not typical uh for for any uh real golf tournament i.e. a major um that we would play at augusta so it it's hard to say um Roger in terms of of who we would think is as somebody that would be in contention because i i mean no one i mean they're they're still playing golf obviously but it, it's 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 so far removed from you know the flow if you will that that, it, it, I mean, it could be anybody. I mean, you always you always have to look at Augusta as uh, the individuals that have played well there historically, I think, have, have somewhat of an edge because it's just maybe it fits their eye or, or the golf course is befitting of their skill set in terms of either length or shot shape or, um, you know, the ability to, to, to make uh, longer putts on, on uh, those greens that are just diabolical. So, um, you know, I don't know. I mean... We, we, we've seen, we, we've been, uh, you know, um, treated, if you will, to, to some veterans over the years that have won, uh, you know, tournaments there and um, that maybe shouldn't have. Uh, so it'll be exciting to watch. Um, you know, we, we we went through all this, this COVID period with, you know, no sports and reruns and all these different things. And now, you know, as you guys were talking about baseball, I mean, we've got, you know, playoffs, we're, we're approaching the World Series, the you know football seasons in full swing um heck before you know it we'll, they'll be playing hockey again we we just finished up with um you know the NBA um we got the masters to look forward to and there's so many good things on the horizon you know what i mean so it's it's exciting
5: <clears throat> well it is it is because there, there are uh, we're really getting inundated with uh, sports and i think it's going <laughs> to be interesting uh, to see if the NFL, uh, because they've had a a change of the schedule around already Mm -hmm. because of COVID, and uh, how have the Ravens uh, been holding up? Uh, I haven't read anything about them, so it's got to
8: be good news. Sure. Pretty quiet. Uh, I mean, obviously there are uh, pockets of college and NFL teams that have experienced their setbacks uh, with regard to, um, you know, the COVID. But, you know, it's been pretty quiet uh, on the Ravens' front, and I think that – you know, a lot of these NFL teams are, are doing a very good job of uh, following the the guidelines not just set forth by the CDC but but also uh, you know the, the commissioner himself and and what they're trying to do to keep people uh, safe and healthy and I think you know for me anyway like watching the football game uh, last night to see a Tuesday night football game was actually kind of cool you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, you know because like I said we, we we've been starved for you know, live, uh, sporting events for so long to, to see that, you know, pushed to unfortunately pushed to a Tuesday because of, uh, issues that the Titans were having. Uh, it kind of stinks, but it's also selfishly, you know, for, for fans to it's another night of football, which is kind of cool. And to watch Tennessee and Buffalo, it's, those are two teams that you know, unless you have the NFL Sunday ticket, you're likely not to see in prime time, um, uh, which, which is good for, you know, America to, to witness, um, you know, same thing. You know, when you talk about college football and over the years, you know, you, um, you, know, West Coast teams and East Coast teams, and we were biased obviously to a lot of the East Coast teams here, and, and of course Notre Dame and and those sorts of schools that you see on a regular basis. But to see USC or UCLA or, or Oregon or some of those you know schools play uh, on occasion was cool, and that's that was one of the cool parts about you know, the British open, you know, you could wake up early in the morning and and it was a completely different time frame to be able to watch a sporting event, uh, you know, versus, you know, when they played the Hawaii swing, when you're watching it in the evening versus normally when you'd be watching in the afternoons on the weekend. So, you know, it's pretty cool to get things changed up a little bit.
5: Yeah, it sure is. And uh, of course this weekend, uh, Sunday, it'll be the Ravens and the Eagles and, uh, it's gonna be the uh, first time this season that there will be uh some fans allowed at the uh, Lincoln Financial mm-hmm. Field. I think the total, including everybody, is seventy five hundred. I think that's what I read today. Yeah.
8: So that'll that'll be interesting uh to uh, to sure. see. So Yeah, I know the um, oh. Eagles have struggled, but that whole uh division has been um you know in trouble. Um, you know, obviously you don't yeah. wanna see Dak Prescott go down like he did and uh of course the the Giants and and the the you know the Washington team is just they're just not good um you know so I mean somebody has to win that division it's a battle of attrition for sure and um you know the just like I told you I mean being a football fan I mean Carson Wentz is a better football quarterback than what he's shown and um you know, Zach Ertz, like I told you, it's a shame. You know, he did. He had another another week yeah, last yeah. week. He caught one one pass for six yards or something. It's just – it's 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 a shame that – it's not like they don't have talent. It's just – I don't know what happens on Sundays with those guys, you know. and I know. Just you, you, don't put you it together. You look at the Eagles, like, it, it doesn't even – to me, it's not even a fair comparison because, like, when you look at a team like the Giants, they, they, they don't have a lot of talent. You know, my right. Saquon Barkley, who's hurt. I mean, quarterback. Well, good. I get that. Stuff,
5: but, but uh Frank just tick told tick. me TikTok TikTok as Tommy says. So, uh enough, we'll, yeah. we'll talk to you next week. Uh do Mr. Henderson should be back and yeah. uh but we always appreciate you and and the insight yeah. on golf. Want to thank all our okay. guests that uh, we had on tonight. Uh Frank and <laughs> masterful job as always keeping us uh, together and putting all this, mm-hmm. the uh the shows together and uh have a great week, everyone. God bless, be safe, Amen. and uh, stay well.
3: Thank you. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for everything. I appreciate it. Of course. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every day of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women of police and fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please take the time to say hello. Um, these are very tough times for everyone in uniform. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Banger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike, Zen- Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anophil Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Alhugo, Hugo, Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway the- Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrol, Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA, Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Office. Chief, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Patrolman Jer- Robert Germain, Wintermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Cotlout, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FD Lee Special Inspector Vinnie Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper, Corporal Stephen Boward. Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Laturno, Philadelphia Police Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerber, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Caroma, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Na- A- April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bobby Ketchum, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, and Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, my brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. And until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you, may the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sunshine lightly on your face until we meet again. May the good Lord keep you and your family always in the hallow of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great week.